Well, see, what had happened was <laughs> my okay. my horn would my, my alarm would oh, intermittently go this. off. Yeah, remember yeah, this? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. You remember this? Um, and so what I had to do is go into my fuse box and pull the horn fuse. I guess that's one way to fix and the then, problem. And then drive around without a horn. So if someone was going to run I mean, into me, I just loud. had to like <laughs> slam on the brakes. Just keep an air horn in the in the cup holder. But <laughs> I can't. Down the window with the boat horn. I can't lean. I can't lean out of my sunroof though because my sunroof is currently glued shut because it leaks. Tight. So. So, uh, so anyway, I was sitting in my living room last night and my alarm started <laughs> what if podcast. Hi guys. Happy, <laughs> happy Tuesday. Oh, I, don't, I don't think I told you this, but I did put the new, the new tier up on Patreon. Yeah. Motherfuckers be jumping up to it. <laughs> Dude, What's up? I called it fund your fuckery. And in the description, I said, we promised to do dumb shit with your money and people started giving us money. So thanks guys. So. Uh, for those of you who don't know, um, we, we get new listeners all the time, so we can't assume everybody knows. Uh, we do a free episode of the show and a paid episode of the show every week. You are currently listening to the free episode. The paid episode uh, comes out later in the week at patreon.com slash whatifpodcast. Uh, just for five bucks a month, you get an extra episode every week, so that's a back catalog of like 70 episodes now and four new episodes every week. Uh, we decided to add another tier outside of the $5 tier to get those episodes just called fund our fuckery because as you all know, we have done things like go to area 51, yep. go to Colorado and go to alien conferences in community centers in the middle of fucking nowhere. Uh, that was Bigfoot. Come on, Ryan. Uh, we talked about a little bit of everything at that conference. Mile thank, high you, Mysteries Club. thank you very much. A little bit of UFOs, a little bit of Bigfoot, a whole lot of racism. Yeah. Unfortunately, a whole lot of that. Um, Etc. And we have more plans to do it. And so we just said, hey, maybe if you want to give us 10 instead of five, we'll just do more dumb shit in the future. And people said, fuck yeah, let's do it. So (laughs) anyway, we'll tell you guys about it at least. Well, you know, you can be in on the fun. You can move vicariously through our shenanigans with any without any risk of like encountering weird racists in the woods. Yeah, (laughs) we'll do that for you. Or having David Blytus, you know, threaten to rip your hands off. (laughs) Put his cop face in your (laughs) in your very normal face and be like, bro, what's up with the cop face? Dude, speaking of, okay, so speaking of the Patreon, really quickly, hi, thanks everyone, I'm back. Thanks so much for all oh, yeah. of your, your kind uh, wishes about my illness. Ryan no, has, has risen do, from the dead. I've risen with my new avian wings mm-hmm. due to my avian infection. Ryan has become a blue avian. I can fly. It's sick. He now knows all of David Wilcox's <laughs> innermost thoughts at all times. I now fly to the studio with my laptop in my beak. That's how we do this. Um, No, so last week we put up uh, one of our paid episodes, which we do very occasionally when we have to, uh, on this show, and y'all heard the the glitter episode, and man, Mm. did that fucking show hit a nerve. It's a weird thing. It's fun. It is a weird thing. It's my favorite kind of mystery where, like, it's it's a very legitimately mysterious thing that's happening with, like, possibly some real ramifications. Yes. It's also incredibly stupid. Totally trite. And no one gets hurt. Yep. It's the best kind of mystery. 100%. God, if we could just find a whole stack of those. I know, dude. It's unfortunately people get hurt in a lot of things. Yeah. Um, I kind of wanted to cover really quickly. We did have a few people write in with theories, and I wanted to see if any of the theorizing Mm -hmm. has changed your theory on what it is. Great. Okay. We got two different Eric's who hit us with emails. I'm going to read uh, Eric number one. That's not meant to be disrespectful. I'm just not going to say your last name on the show in front of God and everybody. If anything, it's disrespectful to whoever Eric number two is. (laughs) Eric number one should be thrilled. Well, unfortunately, only Eric and Eric will, or maybe fortunately, only Eric and Eric will know which of which is which. Uh, Eric number one says, uh, so I'm listening to the glitter episode and as for glitter in the military in the army anyway, vehicles have super, super small Mm. flecks of glitter. I asked why, like you two were, and I was told that they help with night vision goggles, seeing the vehicles better at night. I didn't ask any more about it, but after doing night ops, I can believe it. Thanks, Eric. Um, I sort of understand that and I sort of don't. It's the idea that you want to be able to identify your own vehicles. So my guess would be yes. And that, you're banking on your enemy not having night vision goggles? Well, so I had the same thought because I was like, why would you want to make your vehicles more visible? Because anyone with night vision could see them. But then right. I wondered, 
I don't know shit about night vision and what frequencies they tune into. And I was wondering if there's maybe some way in the you settings where you can yeah. see your own shit better for some reason if right. there's X, Y, or Z glitter component present. Um, that seems yeah, like I don't know. too. That seems too niche though to be the largest uh, buyer of glitter in the in the world or at least the U.S. Yeah, you know what I mean, like that's yeah, that's a cool application that I didn't know about. But it also seems pretty limited in scope. Like, how many of those vehicles are being made every year? I don't know, man. The military spends a fuckload of money. Yeah. But. That much money, you're saying? That many vehicles every year? Yeah, probably Because it's not even, yes, they spend a lot of money, but not on glitter for the paint for one type of vehicle. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That just, they can't be manufacturing more than, like, a few thousand of those every year. It makes sense. It's probably got to be, yeah. I'm still I'm still more convinced that it's something like consumer goodsy. It would have to be just yeah. for the scale, I think. Yeah. Um Eric number two had a very different situation, and I gotta be honest, a less cool situation. Oh. Uh Eric said, What's up? What if my asshole coworker thought it would be funny if she put glitter in the vents of my work truck, in my work gloves, and on top of my sun visors in my car about two weeks ago. It has the fuck is wrong with that person? It has invaded every facet of my life. Yeah, including your lungs, probably. Yeah. What the fuck? Why would you do that it's to someone? It's in the vents in your truck, and it's just going to blow into your face as soon as you turn your AC on or your heat on? That seems, like, actually dangerous. Bullshit. Well, that, uh, that too, but... And and then Eric also, follows it Also, Eric, up. you may have lung cancer. <laughs> also, Eric, you may legally be allowed to murder <laughs> you should, your coworker yeah, you in should some states. Call HR. Eric says, my theory is that they may use the same types of materials in stealth aircraft, so a similar but different take. I don't know what would... I, that seems counterintuitive to me. Because You it would want be, stealth things to be shiny? Well, I'm, I'm uh, in support of whatever I think they're trying to get across. My guess would be it's like somehow reflective of a certain type of light or like, you know how that, um, what do they call that? Is it... What's that kind of that black paint that like absorbs light? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, but I couldn't tell you what it's called. But they like spray a basketball with it and it looks flat in pictures because it just like absorbs it. Like, I don't know. Is there some way that it helps refract light or absorb light or something like that? Glitter would help absorb light? I don't know, man. That's like the exact opposite of what it does. Maybe it reflects it like into itself. I don't know. I'm working. Uh, I'm how, working on behalf how of the, are you the right theorizers. <laughs> Not at all, man. I'm stone cold it's sober. Like I've been trying to beat mirror, this fucking you point cold. the mirror at the other mirror, the mirrors disappear, bro. That's what it is. That's what it is. <laughs> and then you make, what if we made like the whole plane out of the mirrors? Yeah. Pointed at each other. Yeah. That's, Radar, that's bro. This, that's this whole show, man. <laughs> <laughs> Just shitty theorizing. Ideas. Ideas. Um... We got a... Uh, do you have our voicemails up? I do. Uh, I, I think I have the one that you wanted to start with ready. We got uh, we got a voicemail from Bear. What's oh, up? well, in that case, no. What's I up, Bear? Hold on. There you, we have a quick one that you said you wanted to get to first. A quick what one? Hey, guys. It's Pissed Off Pete. Oh, yeah. Scans. <laughs> wanted to make a short remark. Winter fucking sucks. Facts. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. He says thank, thank you. you. I feel like that's something that most of the country can probably uh, relate to right now, mm. including us, where it's been above zero for about three minutes out of the last 72 hours. Not you, California. Mm. You motherfuckers. Coming, coming for that ass. Coming for that ass. <laughs> Spencer is coming for that ass. True. And well, I'm, I'm, I guess bringing, I am too. I'm bringing Dan, what if correspondent Dan with me? Hey. Maybe we'll go like. Find some spooky haunted things. If anybody's got spooky haunted uh, Southern California recommendations, get at me. Can we say where you're going or no? Yeah, sure. Okay. Los Angeles, California. Oh, that's it? <laughs> no, we, we can talk about it. It's oh, okay. Fine. Um, so Spencer's going to the Grammys, and I think like- Through he, absolutely no, nothing to do with me making music or being doing anything, really. Yeah, whatever. I mean, whatever. You got tickets to the Grammys. No, it's just funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That you've been a musician for basically the entirety of your adult life, and you're going to the Grammys for the first time, and it has right. nothing to do with being a musician. <laughs> it just has to do with, like, my dumb friend invited his dumb friend to go with him to the Grammys. And- Sick. <laughs> Sick. Hey, man, that's a start. 
I told you, you need to Bro, put beat tapes be on a hundred USBs and just give beat tapes out yeah. to like every rapper there. I'm not exaggerating. This is not a joke. I think I'm, you should absolutely be like, hey, bro, check out my mixtape with USBs that you what, just hand off. What to is people. this conversation going to look like, though? Like, I'm just going to be walking around. I'm going to go in the bathroom and be like, oh, shit, that's future. Hold up. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. You're at the fucking Grammys, man. I don't know how this shit works. Is that Staples either, Center? It's big, and I'm assuming we're sitting like on the roof. Bro, the worst case scenario. Or outside with like a pair of binoculars. Yeah. But like you're still gonna you're gonna see famous people. There's no chance you don't see famous Probably people. True. And I feel like the worst case scenario is you spent like eighty bucks on USB drives and three hours of your time copying and pasting them. But the best case scenario <laughs> is that fucking Soldier Boy hits you up in two weeks and says, Hey man, Soldier Boy, let me buy this beat real quick. Tight. Or whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm still working on my outfit, but I found like a neon leopard print dress shirt the other day, and I bought it. That's the one, baby. Right. <laughs> that is the one. <laughs> I haven't seen it, but I know that's mm-hmm. the one already. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing I was going to say, you said you were going to find spooky haunts in Los Angeles. Oh, yeah, and yeah. I, what I was going to say is, can you please bring a correspondent style microphone and ask famous people to shout out the What If podcast? Because we've been trying to do that forever. but just, It seems like a great way to get kicked out, but I'm down to try. I mean, can we make one of the like the cool little plastic things that goes over the uh, like the handle on the microphone and put our logo on it? You know, like yes. they used to oh, do on right. like MTV and and or like, one and like shit. news correspondents still have right, with right, the right. news logo. Is that a thing they still do? I think so. Okay, I don't watch the news. Type me either. <laughs> <laughs> it's depressing, so uh, I don't watch it. What was the other voicemail you wanted to play? The one from uh, Bear to close the glitter loop. We got one. Oh, okay, we got one from Bear that references uh, glitter. I haven't listened to this one yet. So okay, here we go. Hey, morning, boys. This is Bear. I uh, run my way to work and uh, finished up that episode on the glitter. And that was a sleeper. That was funny because it was uh, you know some minor thing like glitter, but you guys turned it into pretty big mystery. So the funny thing is, I was talking to my father about it, told him how I'd get a kick out of listening to you, and he was a barber for 50 years, and you guys were trying to figure out, you know, why it's so secret and who uses it. So I mentioned it to my father, and he said, you know, that's really strange. He said, because I had a customer, a client, and he said he knew an old man that was up in northern Indiana, was a, a cattle farmer. And he said he went up there, and he was visiting him, and in his shop, he had a huge quantity of glitter. And this is no bullshit. I, I was like, you're kidding. He said, no. He said, it just it struck me funny, too, whenever he mentioned it. He said that he, he was in his tractor shop in there or, or in his barn or somewhere, but he had boxes and boxes and boxes of glitter. And he said he he just he saw it and he he never understood what that was about. And then that old man passed away and when they sold that farm nobody knows what happened to that glitter. That's a true story. So how odd is that? Anyhow boys, really enjoyed bringing in the new year with you guys. Happy I new hope, year, Bear. Uh, Hope you're feeling better. Thank you, sir. I'm sorry to hear you're sick, but uh, hang in there with them, boys. I got to get to work. <laughs> Will do. You do the ding-dang same, Bear. We love you. Thanks for calling in. Um, I don't remember if we talked about it on the episode or if I just had it in my notes and we didn't get to it, but I was reading about um, using glitter with animals to as a way of like tracking where they've been because you can see them shit it out i think we did talk about that uh briefly and part of me wondered the same thing when i heard that voicemail the first time about if you're a cattle farmer and if you are potentially ranging cattle on shared land or huge expanses of land where there's multiple different farmers that are farming cattle on the same land yeah do you you know do you potentially like uh like, hey, Dave, I'm purple, Mikey's blue, 
you know, Steve is green. Pick up your shit, Dave. <laughs> or if a cat, if a cow comes back to your spot and keeps shitting green all over the place, and you're like, God damn it, it's one of Dave's cows again. Came back to hang out with my cows, and you know. Or my other theory was if it was in his tractor shop, was there a chance that he was either A, producing it and just selling it as like a side thing? Black market glitter production. Black market glitter production. Sick. Um, Or something like that. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I just thought it was an interesting anecdote from a listener. Shall we get to the the new new? That good, good. Uh, uh, Should we announce announce our quick announcement really quick? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. Um, really quick. We so for those of you who who haven't been with us through the first two, we uh, every time we get a hundred reviews on iTunes, we celebrate with a Facebook Live episode uh, where Spencer and I hang out live on our Facebook page, and we just like kick it with you guys for an hour and a half or so, and answer questions and bullshit live, and uh, talk about whatever you guys want to talk about. And we just hit another hundred, uh, three hundred. So thank you guys for all the kind words. We're gonna do that on uh, Saturday, February second, at uh, two p.m. Central Time. So uh, I don't know what that is over the oceans. We're sorry if that's inconvenient for you. Eh. Also, <laughs> like if you can't actually join us live, the video stays up. Yeah, you can, so you can watch, watch it later. It yeah. If you want to email or tweet or Facebook us some questions ahead of time, we will answer them, and then you can watch it when it is convenient for you. Yeah, throw the throw your questions in the uh, in the Facebook group. Uh, if you haven't joined that, do that. We're almost at a thousand folks in there. Um, and then yeah, on Twitter it's at What If Pod. If you use the hashtag What If, it'll help us find them easier. Um, so you can put questions on there too. So yeah, uh, Saturday, February second. Uh, 2 p.m. Central Time, and yeah, just join the group and like our Facebook page, and you'll see uh, you'll see that stuff come up then. So thank you guys for all your abuse. Yee, let's talk about kids doing creepy shit. Oh man, you know we talked about this in the Black Eyed Kids episode that uh-huh. kids are just inherently creepy uh-huh. for reasons that we discussed on that show, whether or not they're knocking on your door, possessed by alien demons. Uh huh. Um, and I know we you know that that is what sparked this episode right it was like yeah or reminded or us less. that this was a thing we wanted to do yeah yeah uh and man i did not realize this was such <laughs> a fucking <laughs> ubiquitous thing uh-huh it's all over the goddamn place shall we start with some of the ones that our listeners provided you guys have some weird stories, and I'm not thrilled about it. I gotta be <laughs> I honest with you. I'm extremely thrilled about it. So let's, let's start with some of the emailed ones. That okay, we got. so I've got. Um, should I? St- I'll start with uh, Bernardo. Do you have Do you have Travis's video up so you can play the audio from Travis's video? Yes. Sick. All right, we'll start with Bernardo. Um, so Bernardo writes. Uh, Hi guys, as requested. Here's a real creepy story about kids and ghosts. This happened to my aunt when taking care of her five-year-old nephew at her place. The boy lived in another town, and him and his father would come to visit the family every Christmas. One day, the boy's playing in my aunt's living room, alone with her, and all of a sudden, he turns to my aunt and asks, who is the old woman standing in the corner of the living room? Not a good start, bud. I hate it so much. <laughs> my aunt my aunt's, <laughs> my aunt, said she immediately felt a great fear run down her spine. Yep, me too. As an old woman in the same building had recently jumped from her own apartment window to her death. Heck. Of course, the woman in the event were constantly in my aunt's head as it was a shock to all neighbors, but she swears she hadn't mentioned this at all to her brother or to the kid. What's worse, upon my aunt's inquiry, the boy starts to give a good matching description of the deceased woman while still staring at the same corner. Face your fears, son. He could tell her hair color and what her clothes looked like. And my aunt was certain then that he was seeing the dead woman. He also said she was sitting with a sad face or crying. I don't remember that part exactly. The boy had never seen the woman before, and it was nobody that my aunt had ever had a relationship with. Hope you like that one. Keep up the good work. <laughs> Bernardo, Bernardo, I don't like that one at all. I feel... Uh, I love it. I feel like my insides are crumbling down. I, what? What's always weird to me and makes these stories like somehow more and less believable at the same time is that the kids never seem too bothered by it. 
That's a really good point. They don't like shriek and run from the room kind of thing. No, just, hey, hey, who's that old, sad, possibly dead woman who just appeared in the corner? It's, uh, what's this? What's going on here? Like, even if it's a normal looking person, which in this case, it doesn't sound like it was, someone just appeared out of nowhere, right? Like, he didn't see her open the door and walk into the room. He just... True. We started with someone standing in the corner. True. You would think that alone would be surprising, even to a five-year-old, right? Yes and no. I do think kids sometimes, like, I mean, kids have a hard time with object permanence in general, so I think they're probably... Not at five, typically. Yeah, but I just, I mean, I don't, yeah, you're right. I guess more so what I mean is, like, things just showing up and leaving maybe still aren't, like, all that creepy to them, you know? I feel like when you're a kid, things just sort of happen, and you're just like, "Oh yeah, now my now my plate of food's here." I guess I, I don't know how to make chicken and pasta, but here's chicken and pasta on my plate, <laughs> and I'm pretty psyched about that because I'm five or whatever. On a uh, on a re- somewhat related note, I, I'll give you one. I'll try and intersperse some happy, fun kid stories into this mix, just okay. so that you can make it through this whole episode. Okay, that'd be great. Uh, I went over to a friend's house yesterday who has a two-ish year old daughter. And she's attending a uh, a Spanish immersion like daycare oh, yeah. slash preschool. We talked right? about this on the show, right? Uh, maybe. Oh, oh yeah, the kid who was talking about the the bus, the bus, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The same same kid. New Year's kid. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, so I saw her yesterday, and and she looks at me, and points and says, "Gato," and I was like. Hell yeah, kid. Sick. <laughs> she knows your name is Big Cats. I don't think she does. Um, I think she's like, she knows about four words in Spanish, and, and one of gato. them is gato. Gato is just like, that thing's alive. It's a gato. Hello, Big Cat Man. <laughs> but I was like, yes, do not teach her my actual name. Yes. We can stick with gato. That's fine. Gato's grandes. Mm-hmm. I was like, si, grandes. She's like, Gato. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, good start. Yep, good start. Yep. We'll, we'll get to Gato's One word at a time. It's okay. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I I would uh, I would be terrified as that kid or that adult being told by the kid that there's a very specific dead person just hanging out in the living room. That's the, that's the other thing, too, is like, well, we'll get through more of this when we get into more of this, but the um, the whole thing of like... It being a person who's dead and it not being scary in some ways makes sense only because there is some psychology around the whole concept of like children having inventive minds. Like I did kind of a deep dive on imaginary friends Mm. uh, just to see how much of some of these stories could be. Imagined. Explained by the psychology around imaginary friends. Yeah. But plus coincidence. Plus coincidence, like, exactly. Oh, well, this person is on my mind, so I'm gonna think that they're talking about them because this just happened and right. I may ask leading questions instead of like, what does she look like? I may ask, does she look like this? Right. Does and she have blonde hair? Like, uh, yeah. Yes. Right. We're playing a, a cool imagination. Exactly. Game. Y- you're helping me create yeah. the picture around this person. You're teaching your kid improv. A little bit. Yes, yes. and mommy. <laughs> yes and. And she's sad. And she's dead. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Improvising, <laughs> improvising sad stories as children is it is a terrible improv game. And I need therapy. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I need a break. Yes, I need to go outside. Um, dude, sad improv has got to be a new. <laughs> how how fast can you crash that 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 plane? I think we just did. Yep. You want to go to the second one? The, um, the the one with the video accompaniment. Yes, I'll get okay. I'll get more into some of the imaginary friend stuff. Yeah. Uh, okay. This is another email we got. Starts out with I've been tempted to drop a line before, but couldn't resist sending you guys this video of my daughter. A few weeks before Halloween of 2017, she came down with a fever around 102 degrees. She had wanted to watch TV, and when her request was not immediately met, she looked at the TV and turned it on. My Ah. (laughs) my partner discovered the remotes out of reach from her. 
curious, she turned the TV off, and the same thing happened when she, I'm assuming he means the child, motioned to the TV again. My wife then proceeded to remove all of the batteries in every remote, and then the TV turned on again when the child motioned towards it. Nope. So we have absolutely three not. times in a row a uh, doesn't say how old she is, right? It doesn't. No. A toddler has turned on a television with their mind apparently three times in a row. Uh, was not within reach of the remotes, and the third time the remotes had all of the batteries removed from them. This was witnessed by both parents. Yes. It was then that I was sent the attached video. So he actually sent us a video of this happening. Um, And you can play the audio, and I'll try and sort of narrate what's happening. Should we... Okay, notice all the remotes are right here. Can you turn the TV on? So that sound effect that you're hearing... What? (laughs) Is going on? So and what is super great? We should ask if we could turn that into a sounder. The uh, whoever's filming this video, I'm assuming this person's mom is in the living room where the TV is, and then maybe about 15 feet to her left, the kid is sitting at the table in the dining room. It within view of the television. And as soon as she says, "Can you turn the TV on?" Hawthorne, can you turn the TV on? That is the TV turning on. It's like a what? <laughs> That one, that one is so good. Can you turn it off? So she. You can't turn it off, just on. Okay, let me turn it off. So the mom turns the TV off with the remote, sets the it back down. It's all right here. Can you turn it on again? What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? This kid is sitting at the table eating apples, laughing about whatever is happening. And the kid, when when she says the second, when she asks the kid to turn the TV on the second time, the kid does kind of like reach out to the TV. You can see the uh-huh. little arm go up to be like, "Yeah, TV," and the fucking thing just goes, <laughs> Mario coin, <laughs> fucking on. Also. uh Shout out to this listener for titling this video. Just explain it to me. <laughs> phenomenal. <laughs> Sincerely phenomenal. Um, I kind of want to finish Travis's email really quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've, I've tried to figure out the cause of this, but have not yet been successful. My first thought was that it was probably voice activated. So we tried different voice commands, but it never turned on again. Furthermore, our TV was not a smart TV, and the Roku remote was an older model that didn't have voice activation. Please see attached images. He sent us some images of both the TV and the remote. Which, shout out to our listeners for being as skeptical as we are by being like... It's very thorough. I'm crossing things off the list of bullshit here to make sure that this isn't bullshit. (laughs) The next day, this happened a few more times while I could catch it in person. Shortly after that, she ran into the kitchen and the power instantly turned out in that room. We've never had that circuit break in the five years that we've owned our house, except for that one time. After that, uh, her fever broke, and this never happened again. There's been other unusual events, but I felt this one was worth sharing with you due to the video. Still trying to figure it all out. I'd be very curious to hear about what those other unusual events are as well. If you feel like sharing those with us, yeah, even Travis, if you don't have video documentation, if you wanna if you wanna follow up and explain some of those, that'd be great. Um, this one's fucking weird. It's extremely weird. Your kid may have superpowers. I'm not like a huge Dragon Ball Z fan, but I do want to say I think there's a chance your child's just going Super Saiyan <laughs> every time they enter a room where you ask them to do something, and it's, they just overtake control of the situation. Well, and it's odd that it seems to be associated with a physical state, too. Like, it only happened when she was running a high fever. Right. Right. So I'm saying, charged up, man. <laughs> Super Saiyan. Yo, I'm going to need you to get that kid sick again. Just... Have her start licking stuff. Get that fever as high as possible. Hey, hey, just who knows what happens at 104? You guys, she might be like, she may. Oh, true. We only got to 102. She fucking fly when she take her to the doctor. Make sure she's safe and supervised while this is happening. Also, like we'll we'll kick some of the Patreon in for her therapy later. (laughs) Intentionally sickening your child to see if it's a superhero. 
honestly, just bring your kid over to the studio. I'll give it a high five. Absolutely, I'm not. probably don't do still that. contagious. Don't, please don't do that. Um, not you, right, man? What if it? What if it is getting like more and more intense? I'm saying. What happens if it goes the other way? Maybe it's just when the kid is like temperature-wise off balance. What if the kid's mm. freezing cold? Then all of a sudden, it just starts shooting fireballs out of its hands. Turns into Mister Freeze. Or that too. <laughs> Or that too. <laughs> Chill out. I'm just saying when she was hot, she took power out. So maybe mm. if she's cold, she can mm. like put energy out. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, right. I mean. Like Storm. Like kind of like Storm, yeah. Yeah, sick. There you go. Sick. Not Mr. Freeze. Oh my God, your kid is an X-Men. That's so much better. <laughs> That's so much more accurate. Your child is an X-Men. Uh, cool. Solved. <laughs> well, sorry we called your kid a mutant. Let's go to the next email. <laughs> Thanks, Travis. Thanks for writing in. I kind of want to shout out Travis's band, but I don't know if he wants nah, it to be shouted out. I'm already going to edit his kid's name out. Let's not put any more information about Did you him say on the, the kid's No, name? but it's in the video, and I didn't realize it until we played it. Uh, and now you've said his name about 20 times. <laughs> well, his name is fine. He emailed in with his first right, name. Let's not say anything more about this dude. Okay. Thanks, Travis. <laughs> God damn it. Stop saying his name. <laughs> we, we'll use our elephant sound effects again. All right, your turn. Um... Okay, well, I think the the next best thing that we need to uh, need to turn to is back to our voicemails. Mm, which uh, one? We we have a we have some stories from uh, official what if correspondent Rob Christopherson. Roberto, Roberto, um, and he's disturbed us with <laughs> with his stories. Did you uh, did you see by the way that Ja Rule tweeted this this morning? We have been hoodwinked, bamboozled, led astray, run amok, and flat out deceived. Ja Rule tweeted that the video or just the text? No, just the text. What? And instead of we, he said I. Is, the, 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 is, f- is it the Fire Festival yeah. documentary stuff yeah. that's going around? Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> Pretty, that's a pretty sick legal defense, isn't it? Just quoting <laughs> Stephen, Stephen A. Smith. Smith quotes will get you out of any for sure. Any bind you may find yourself in. Hey, Ja, uh, did you take people for a bunch we of money? Hoodwink, bamboozled, <laughs> led astray, run amok, I was and deceived. flat out deceived. I was hoodwinked. <laughs> ja, ja, just out here like fucking only speaking. Oh. <laughs> Chaz's lawyer is Stephen A. Smith, so he's just going to use sounders of Stephen A. Smith. Oh, boy. Um, All right, here's Rob's voicemail. What's up, boys? It's your good pal, Rob. Uh, I got a couple of uh, weird stories that relate to my niece and nephew. So this was maybe back in 2009, 2010, somewhere on there, and my sister gave me a call. You know, this was back when I was doing like paranormal investigations on regular and stuff. Mm-hmm. And she was telling me that my niece was seeing this ghost child in her house. And uh, so I, I, I came down and I, and I talked to her and she goes, yeah, his name is Patrick. He looks like he's about 10 years old and he doesn't have any eyes. He I'm disturbed. Black holes where his eyes would be. So it was really freaking the kids out. So they basically just nailed a cross by the door. Everything stopped. In the um, next house they moved into, uh, I always got a weird vibe in there. Uh, You know, I spent the night there a few times in uh, what is now my nephew's bedroom. And uh, every time you slept there, I always, you always got the feeling that somebody was standing in the corner watching you mm-hmm. while you were sleeping. Mm-hmm. And it I always felt sleeping. like it was this old man wearing a suit of some kind, like an old, like, really nice-looking suit. And it was maybe like a couple years after I, you know, spent time in that bedroom where going out to, I want to say it was like a restaurant or something like that, and my... Nephew's telling me about Slender Man, <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, Slender Man stands in the corner of my room every night watching me sleep." And I'm like, "Okay, yeah, we're we're done here. We're, we're done." But uh, yeah, those are some uh, interesting, weird child-like stories. So I uh, hope you enjoy those. Later, Jen. I'm disturbed. I don't know why I decided to do this. Thanks, Rob. I think <laughs> I. Curious part, I mean, many curious parts about that, but one thing that stuck out to me is 
the description of the of the man in the suit saying that it felt like there was a person and then proceeding to give a visual description mm-hmm. of a feeling. Yes. Which I've heard before and having not experienced such a thing doesn't really make sense to me and makes me wonder what that experience is. It's not a uh it's not a like a physical thing apparently. It's not even a visual hallucination if it, you know, if it's a hallucination of some kind. It's a sensed presence that also has like yeah. physical visual traits somehow. I totally know what you mean and you're right. We do kind of encounter that style of framing stuff mm-hmm. occasionally. Um, it, it sounds similar to some descriptions that people give of their like sleep paralysis experiences where, you know, I could, I could feel someone sitting on my chest and she looked like this, or I knew there was somebody like under my bed and, or a creature and it looked like this, or it was doing these things Yep. where I, it, it sounds to be like, uh, a, a psychological experience, but there also seems to be some sort of physical aspects to it yeah i um i was gonna go to the sleep paralysis stuff too because i was going to connect that to um the only way that i can connect to it uh is through you ever have a dream and someone's in your dream yeah but you don't see their face but you you know know it's it's them right yeah like that's that's the that's what i thought of when i heard rob's voicemail and that's what i think of when i think of these types of things is it's like that almost seems different to me, though, because you're assigning uh, features or traits to a an incomplete idea. Like, you're seeing a person, but you, the person may not have... If you think back later, it's like, well, no, I guess I didn't really see their face. Yeah. I just kind of, like, it's your brain filling it in with something that's familiar. This is both unfamiliar and uh, you're not filling in an existing thing. He's not saying that he saw someone at all. He's saying he sensed something. Right without any visual information, but got the sense that it looked like this specific thing. Right. And he's not saying it looked like my friend Tony, and here's what Tony looks like. It was this guy in a suit, or it was... Right. I mean, I guess the example of Slenderman is a little different because that's a culturally familiar thing. Topic, yeah. But, I, yeah, it's, it's like a projection of an image almost into your brain that's not being taken in by your eyes, but is like still somehow physical maybe. Yeah. I don't know. It's a weird phenomenon that is, that pops up in like a few different areas of the, of the paranormal weird shit. Totally, totally agree. Um, and the other half of that story of his niece seeing some sort of ghost child or eyeless ghost child. Just nail up a car. And the, the, Eyeless ghost kids are scared away, I guess. Black-eyed kid, maybe? Dead, though? Dead kid? Black, mm. dead, black-eyed dead kid? Mm. I mean, the kid's already in the house, so... And Rob's still here. So maybe, ooh, maybe that's how the black-eyed kid stuff works. If you let them in, then they just haunt your house forever. Uh, well, unless you, unless you nail up a cross. By the door. By the door. Specifically. So that's good go technique, in. Rob. That's a good, it's a great technique. Shout out to you. You should do more paranormal investigations. You should you solve more, that shit real quick. You should do more exorcisms. <laughs> Put two sticks by the door. Bye. <laughs> That'll be $50. Goodbye. <laughs> Rob, you have a business. Just go door to door. Would you like no more you ghosts? St- you got any sticks by your door? Put some sticks by your door. Cross them. Hey, do you have a ghost? Not anymore. <laughs> I'm Rob Christopherson. Bills to, in the mail. I'm here to unghost your house. <laughs> Don't let any more kids in. I sell vacuums and crosses. <laughs> Suck the ghost up in the vacuum, put mm. a cross on your door. Mm. See you never, because you won't need me ever again. <laughs> you need some repeat business, though. You gotta, you gotta also like, you gotta play both sides. You gotta also hire a couple little people, <laughs> little people, and put them in like raggedy ass clothing. Give them some black eye t- eye contacts and have them go door to door. Oh, really? So okay, I see. You, oh, you're you're really you, just he both haunts and unhaunts. You're running a grift on these people, is what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're telling them that they have ghosts. Yeah. You you put up flyers around the neighborhood that yes. say, "Hello, I'm Rob Kostravitsin. <laughs> I'm here to unghost no your house." No ghost undoer. 
then you unleash ghosts into the neighborhood. <laughs> well, you got to time it a little better. I would do the the other way around. You have ghosts. Yeah. You don't say. Just they they need the the the, the black eyed kid people kids whatever they are. Your partners in this grift need to be like one highway exit ahead of you. Mm. You know, so you can like clear out one town and be Got like, it. oh shit, I guess I cleared them out. Now I got to go to the next town and you just Got work it. your way down the highway. You cut them in a little bit on it. It's a good point. Mm-hmm. It's a good point. It seems like a good sales technique. We should figure out more things we can do this with. We don't encourage fraud or, <laughs> <laughs> or pyramid schemes. Here on the What If Podcast. Uh, we got a few more emails that have weird, creepy-ass stories about children in them. Oh, really? That was the, that was all oh, the ones man, that I, I have, had pulled down. I have two more. Oh, dang. Dude, I think it, you know what it was? Dang, we, dude. Dang, dude. <laughs> we went on a two-week break, and our voicemails and our inbox kind of, like, overloaded. So oh, thank dang. you. Thank you to everybody who hit us up during that period of time. Also... We're getting a volume of both voicemails and emails that we can't respond to everything mm, these days. So it's become untenable. It has become slightly untenable <laughs> at best. Um, so thank you guys. Uh, please keep sending them because we do. I, I still read everything. I yes. have stopped being able to respond to everything. I agree. I We we will respond to, to what we can, but we just can't respond to everything because... Business is booming in every way except financially. <laughs> in every way except the part where we get money. Things are going great. Right. Um, but yeah, no, keep keep doing it. We're just saying we, will we definitely can only respond to some of them and, and we do look at everything. Yes. Uh, okay. I have kind of a weird story for you that happened when I was a kid. I was raised in a house previously owned by my great aunts who died before I was born. Also, I suffered from a congestive heart failure diagnosed at nine months. I was too small and too sick to survive heart surgery at the time, so I was put on medication to keep me alive until I was strong enough to survive the surgery. So at around the age most kids start communicating, around two, I would tell my mom about the old lady in my room. My mom assumed it was an imaginary friend and would ask me questions about her. I would tell my mom that she would read to me and let me play with her necklace and that we were friends. This went on for a few years, and uh, my parents paid little attention to it. At about four and a half years old, I went in for the open heart surgery, spent a few weeks in the hospital, and was discharged. It was after the surgery my mom just happened to notice that I hadn't talked about my old lady friend in a while. (laughs) Great phrasing. (laughs) I told my mom that I wasn't going to see her anymore, and my mom asked why. I said, because I had my surgery, and I'm okay now. My mom thought that was kind of an odd response. Several years later, I'm around 9 or 10, and my dad was organizing a closet in our house and pulled out an old photo album. We start flipping through it, and he's telling me who all the people are in it. We get to a page, and I point to a picture of an old woman and say, hey, that's my friend from my bedroom. My dad just stared at me. Uh, I said, remember when I was little and I had a friend in my room? That's her. For some reason, I still didn't think this was weird at all, and I wondered why my dad looked so confused. (laughs) Turns out my old lady friend was my great aunt who had died in the 1960s. I had never seen a picture of her before. So yeah, turns out my room was her room and she would just read a prayer book and pray her rosary every day for me. The stories she'd read me and the necklace she let me play with. I'm not sure what happened with the end of that phrasing. But basically, her old lady friend was her ghost aunt. And this was confirmed by... uh, the necklace that she was wearing in the photo that she found of her five years, five to six years later. Bruh. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's a fucking phenomenal one. Yeah. You got to read our emails, dog. I thought I read all the ones that were related to this. Have, um, you, have you ever been around uh, people who are dying and start seeing people who are already dead? Um, I've never been... Uh, I've never been physically present for that happening. I know uh, of at least one of my family members who has passed away who that happened with. Um, but I've heard that's a thing that happens. Yeah, it's... Uh, I don't understand how how it would be related. Is it... Are you saying because the congenitive heart failure was potentially life-threatening and that's how the tie-in is? I guess I'm just saying uh, the idea of people like deceased friends or family members like checking in on people yeah yeah during times of trouble tough times yeah yeah or like i guess anytime yeah it's 
it's a weird like I was uh I was with my grandma a lot when she in like the months leading up to when she died mm-hmm. and I was sitting in a room with her one night and she just started like talking to not me mm. and she also had dementia so you know take it for what you will but right. uh I asked her who she was talking to and she was this happened two times and once she started telling me about her mom who was there and she was having a conversation with her or who had died many years prior. Mm-hmm. And then another time was telling me about a conversation or was telling me that she was talking to her husband, my grandpa who had died a few years before her. Yeah. Yeah. And that like, he was just coming to hang out, which is like a weird spot to be in as the only other person in that room. <laughs> and the only like totally lucid person in just, that room, just rubbing your eyes a bunch. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, <laughs> where though? Is can there? I, can I borrow your glasses? Yeah. Where, where are we looking? Something else going on here. <laughs> <laughs> looking under her bed, like, Grandpa, you got, you guys want me to go? Yeah. Do you- <laughs> so it's a private conversation. I can dip. I'll be back. Uh, um, that's a damn though. That's a pretty wild story, man. Yeah. I, I wonder, man, the ones where there's recognition there. This one too has that element that you're talking about of like that's not weird, you know? Right. Yeah, like I guess that's true. Like, she, this isn't weird to me. Oh yeah, that's who it was. Like very like matter of factly. Oh, that's that was the thing I couldn't remember. Yeah, she didn't think like with my. I guess one of the other parallels I'm drawing here is like my grandma didn't think it was weird at all that this person that had been dead for ten years was now chilling and was chatting. now joining us. Right. I also do wonder if... <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> Spencer, I'm seeing a... Oh, no, yeah! Two ghosts! <laughs> two ghosts! <laughs> Thought it was one, it's two. Also, I do, like, you hear a lot about these things happening with kids, like, five and under. Mm-hmm. And in this story, you kind of have even the reflection of it at nine being like, yeah, I don't know why I didn't think that was weird when I was younger. Right. Even at nine or ten, acknowledging like, oh, this is strange. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, at like the beginning and the end of your life, maybe you're it's not. more connected to that somehow. Or that's so. That's what I don't. <laughs> you're closer to being dead on both sides. <laughs> I mean, kind of Un- unborn. Well, mm. not here. Wherever you you came from before you came here. Wherever you come and go from. Yeah, that place. Yeah. <laughs> It's weird, man. Mm-hmm. It's, it's weird, man. It's one. Of, it's one of the weird things that make me go like, well, maybe there is a place that's like that. If this is a thing that happens on either side of it, uh, and you, and you're connected to people or things. I mean, even if they're like in the in the initial example we talked about with the with the woman in the corner, it's not even a it's not even a fucking family member. It's just connected to right. that person's presence also, or whatever you want like, to call it. That's rude. Go back to your own room if you're going to haunt something. Don't haunt my apartment in the same building. I'm trying to play with my toys in here. Right. Like, go upstairs. Uh, we have one more from a listener. You want to hear it? Yeah. Okay. So you said you wanted stories about kids who had past lives. All of these are my youngest daughters, and they were all from roughly two to four years of age. Mm. I'm assuming he means the stories are his daughters. Uh, when she was about two and a half, she was sitting at the table and coloring, and I hear her chatting away like she's talking to someone. At this point, I was in the kitchen on the other side of the wall, and she could not see me. I moved closer to her uh, without becoming visible to her and heard her talking about how much fun they had at the dancing barn, and she mm. sure was sad about what happened to this person. I asked her who she was talking to, and she said, my friend who died on the way home from the dancing barn, you know. Yeah, duh, dad. <laughs> I figured, oh, no, dad. I figured, okay, she's two and she's making up a story. Also, that is some pretty advanced English for a two-year-old. You got a smart kid. True. Uh, he asked, how did your friend die? Thinking that we're playing some sort of imagination game. Right. And she replies, uh, oh, she was riding her bike home after the dance and someone in a car hit her. I asked, what was she wearing? Trying to scan for any TV, movie, or anything else that she may be, like, show she may have been repeating to me. Right. She said, oh, she had the most beautiful dress that she just picked up from the dressmaker. 
I don't want to be too skeptical of our listeners, but that is not how two-year-olds talk. Which part? That dressmaker. No well, two-year-olds know the word dressmaker. Two to four, he said. He said two and a half at the beginning of this. Oh. Well. Also, like. I don't know, dude. I've I've seen that, some wicked smart two-year-olds say some buck wild shit. And also, uh, counterpoint to my own point. Maybe that lends some credence to the story in terms of like, this is not her saying these things, or these are not her memories. She is recalling the memories and language of another person. Let me carry on with the story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, At this point, I just decided it was weird and noped out of the conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. One afternoon while playing outside, she got a splinter in her foot. So my oldest son and I set her down and started to try and get it out. Uh, I told her that I have to use tweezers to pull out the splinter and that she needed to hold her foot really still so I can get to it. She says to us, okay, do I need to bite down on a stick? I mean, when, you can. When, when asked That's as something to, you're into, kid? When asked as to why she would need to bite down on a stick, she says, well, when I was in the war and they had to take my leg off, I had to bite down on a stick. Dude, that sentence is so good. <laughs> so good. In parentheses, okay, dot, dot, dot. What the fuck in all caps. <laughs> Dude, I, if my kid says some shit like this to me, I'm going to fucking freak out. <laughs> he responded with, it's just a splinter. I don't think we have to cut your leg off. <laughs> oh, sick. Thank God. She gave us the name. Of course, I can't remember it now, but made a mental note of it at the time. Uh... I sent my oldest to write it down. After the sprint, splinter was removed, I looked up the sergeant that she remembered that she mentioned. So this is written a little bit confusingly. She said when she was in the war, they had to cut her leg off. Yes. And she had to bite down on a stick. Yes. And then she said the name of a person that she used to be when she got her leg cut off. Sweet. He writes down the name, goes to Google it, and finds that this was a real person who uh, was a sergeant in the Civil War and had one leg amputated from the knee down in a field hospital. Bruh. Bruh. So this kid has at least at least two past lives. Uh, and then the last one, she said, one day while watching TV with my husband, she said, um, the kid says something to the effect of, that's the first time that I was a prince and I was in the long black car with my dad, grandma and grandpa, the king and queen, and the bomb went off and killed me. Mm. Just unprompted volunteered that information. Sick. Uh, we asked some follow-up questions and got enough information to Google something that revealed there was a car bombing by the IRA that killed a prince. Also, every time... When she was that age, every time we'd go somewhere that we'd never taken to her, never taken her to before, she would say, I've been there. My old, old grandpa used to take me there. My old, old grandpa. Um, grandpa she, before grandpa. When she turned about six or seven, most of the stories and memories seemed to start fading. Huh. She's now seven, and if I ask her about these things, she can recall a few details, but not much. See, that's... It's so weird to me that I don't know how many people know these stories from other people, but it is like at age of five, six, seven, it all just starts yeah, not happening anymore. It's so weird to me, man. Those stories are great. And, and part of me wonders like the inventiveness there, you know, sometimes with stories like that, I go, you know, are you watching like you watching enough Disney movies that like you can somehow concoct some of this stuff. But like, I mean, kids are imaginative and unfiltered. Yes. At that age. Yes. The specifics of some of it are bizarre. Like these are not known stories. Yes. And they're details that seem to align with real things that have happened. Yeah. I mean, you can take away like whether or not there was someone you know, who had their leg cut off in a war, but just even the detail of like biting down on a stick, like why would, why would a, she why know, would a about kid know about that? Yeah. We know about that from like watching little house on the prairie or something like that, but like saving private Ryan or whatever, but like, yeah, well, I mean, why, why yeah, would a who knows two that? to four year old have that, those type of details in their brains? 
I don't know, dude. Uh, you got other things you're trying to get to? Um, I mean, I have like, I have a little bit of stuff on the, um, well, I don't have any like specifics around the imaginary friend stuff, but I did a bunch of reading around it today just cause I thought it was interesting. And then I also, I found the core thread and the Reddit thread of people's miniature, uh, one-offs. Let's go through a few of those and then okay. call it good. Wait, let's do that. Yeah. And then we can maybe wrap on like what the fuck's actually happening here. Um, where do you, where do you want to start? I just want to read some of them. Okay. Uh, I was tucking in my two-year-old. He said, goodbye, dad. I said, no, we say goodnight. He said, I know, but this time it's goodbye. Bro, that's, that's the fucking, the most terribly threatening thing ever. Also, also I love that it's open to interpretation of like, is the kid gonna die or is, or is the dad gonna die? Yeah, exactly. Are you gonna kill me if I if I fall asleep, in, kid? In fact, I'm pretty sure on the Reddit thread, somebody the the or on the Reddit thread, the dad finishes that story by saying, "I went to go check on him about every 15 minutes that night." And somebody responded and said, "Went to go check in on him? I would have been <laughs> sleeping with one eye open." It. I think that was a threat. Yeah, seriously. Um, you got another one? Go ahead. Oh yeah, sure. I got a bunch. Uh. My three-year-old daughter stood next to her newborn brother, looked at him for a while, and then turned to me and said, Daddy, it's a monster. We should bury it. <laughs> it reminds me of that scene in Step Brothers where he hits him over the head with the shovel. He's like, what are you doing? I'm burying you. <laughs> it's like, it's, everybody's wanted to do that to their sibling at some point. There was a, another uh, very similar one later in this thread. That was the same concept, except the kid said that they should throw it in the fire. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Siblings, man, when you're young, you're like, oh. this thing's threatening my social status and I'm it, not into it. It looks weird. Burn it. Um, this one uh, this one is from the Quora thread from uh, someone named Risha. And it says, my family has recently moved to a new home in a new country. It was a well-furnished apartment and in our bedroom was a painting that looked like hair free-flowing in the air. It wasn't a pleasant or soothing painting, but I was trying to make peace with it. My son was two and a half years old then. One day, I was setting him down for an afternoon nap in my bedroom when he said, I don't want to sleep in this room. I asked him why, and he said, this painting looks at me and tries to talk to me, and I don't like it. Say, <laughs> you all didn't happen to do a bunch of drugs, did you? A two and a half year old who thinks a painting is talking to it is, um... Stop giving your kids acid. Gross. Weird. <laughs> I hate it. When I was about three, we had a cat that had some stillborn kittens. I asked my father if we Ugh. could make crosses for them, which he did. As he was making them, I asked, aren't those too small? And my dad said, what do you mean? And I said, aren't we going to nail them to them? <laughs> <laughs> my dad, after several moments of silence, said, we're not going to do that. <laughs> I love... I love too how many of these. They're already dead. You don't have to crucify them. For you, sure. You wee bastard. <laughs> you, you wee psycho. I love how in a lot of these, like, it seems creepy, but it's just like. I don't really get what we're doing here. That kid went to Easter service four weeks right. ago and saw, like, oh, that's when they put Jesus on the cross and then he died. And, like, maybe that's what we do with all dead things. You know, <laughs> right. it's right. it's actually in a kid brain, it's a super logical line of reasoning. <laughs> Um, so this one, uh, this one is, uh, this one is another one where I just think it's really funny. Um, this guy, Mike says, I'm on a flight with my son. The plane took off and we hit a couple bumps in the air. The passengers were all being somewhat quiet when my son just yelled, <laughs> we're all going to die. <laughs> <laughs> eh, I mean, I mean, if, if that's the first time experiencing it, dude, reasonable assumption. Uh, I'm over the age of 30 and I still hold my <laughs> airplane armchair sometimes. Like I'm pretty sure we're going to die. I was, uh, flying into Anchorage once mm. when I had my first experience with the, uh, the aborted landing. You ever had one of those? Oh, uh, where you pull back up? Yeah. yeah no, yeah. but it sounds awful. Ooh, so you get, you get right down there like you're about to land and then they, they just say, nope. And they pull her back up. The Anchorage airport also happens to be very close to the ocean. And so as, as we're coming in for this, uh, what we think is just going to be like a kind of rocky landing and turns out to be an aborted landing, kid sitting about two rows behind me just he stands up and goes, we're going down! <laughs> <laughs> and it was oh. actually like, it actually had the opposite effect of like, 
loosening everyone up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most people thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> but dude, like, kind of like, I mean, didn't stand up, but like pushed himself up in his seat. He so did that, that he could David be... after Dennis thing where he's trying to push himself out of his chair to scream louder. We're going down. Dude, that's true. Which is totally like, you know, saw it in some movie or something or like. Yeah. Yeah. Or, Seemed appropriate. Or he just was like, this is straight up what's <laughs> happening right now. We are we are going down in my brain. I believe this to be true. Uh, I got one more. Uh, one day I asked my kid why he had done something particularly stupid, and he answered, I don't know. I'm not driving this thing. I'm just along for the ride. <laughs> <laughs> Which is Dude, my new favorite excuse for everything. That is 100% Ja Rule's <laughs> next tweet. <laughs> I think, like, I like Jarl, did you have anything to do with uh, defrauding these people of their money in relationship to the fire Festival? I don't know. I'm not driving this thing. Oh. Okay. I like referring to your own, like, physical Person. actions that way, though. Like, I'm not driving this thing. I'm just here. This, this I don't fucking know. Sack of flesh. I don't know what this thing is doing. I'm just stuck in here. I'm not in control of it. It does what it wants. I'm just here for the ride, man. All right, dude. What a do you have any like? Do you have any true thoughts on what? I mean, I, aside from the fun, you know, we we made some like funny shit at the end there, but I mean, TV's turning on and off and fucking like well, that, getting I mean, visited by fucking people and shit. I guess the the TV one, I, I don't have any good explanation for. Yeah, uh, the I do think that reincarnation is very plausible. Do you? Yeah. That wouldn't surprise. That would like surprise me the least of of any of the paranormal type things that we talk about. Really, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I feel like we may have talked a little bit about this in the past live stuff. The thing about the the reincarnation part to me is it only accounts for some portion of these stories. Like it accounts for the ones where people people have detail or like children have detail from from additional things, but it doesn't mm-hmm. account for like seeing your great aunt while you're, you know, in the process of getting like a heart surgery or in preparation for a heart surgery, you know? Yeah. I mean, just, I, I don't know if there is like one explanation for all. We, we talked sure. about a pretty wide range of things. Sure. Um, I, I think reincarnation could definitely be in play. I think there might be something to when you're new to the world or on your way out of the world, you experience it differently. Yeah. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised if people, if, if you take the premise of, okay, reincarnation, past lives, whatever, it seems like a f- fairly logical next step that we might remember pieces of those and would remember them better when we're younger. Yeah. Much as you might have a pretty good recollection of a dream. Right when you wake right up. Right when you wake up and by noon it might be gone and yep. you forget that it ever happened or yep. maybe... Something, you know, you might remember a little piece of it if something triggers it later in the day. But, yeah. Um, and that one kid's a mutant. One kid is a mutant. Get it get it into Dr. Xavier's school for the, the gifted for or being, whatever it's called. For being a total badass. I do think the um, there's something else to be said for hitting a really perfect age of... Um, no filter and yeah. total inventiveness. That's also like, definitely happening with some or most of these. Yeah, yeah. Like you're, especially from the ages of two to five, just discovering language, still not having like the, the inventive, creative, imaginate, imaginative, imaginary friend parts of you, like stripped from you by, get in line, wash your hands, go to lunch in like kindergarten and shit like that. Yeah. I think there's, there's gotta be some sort of perfect like cross section there of the child brain developing, but not being too developed into our societal customs. Right. We don't know anything about how social interactions are supposed to work yet. Which means you totally can just be like, I don't know, there's a dude in the corner and you can just say that and you don't care. See what happens. Yeah, Yeah, you don't care. Right, right. And maybe that is like your friend and you are creating that friend to hang out with. Like some of the stuff I saw about imaginary friends is 
it's often uh, it's often single children with, like without siblings. It's often eldest Aww. children who. Aww. But it is though. I think it's literally inventing <laughs> little wee lonely bastards. Yeah, it's it's like inventing social interaction to have yeah. in situations where you don't have as much of or it, or like practicing. Yes, you know, like totally. I think there's a reason that people don't usually maintain that later in their life. Yeah. You have more interactions. You're more comfortable with real interactions. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and practicing too, in a way where um, one of the one of the studies I saw, I think it was I think it was out of the University of Oregon. They were talking about how, at, actually, at some point, like a super high percentage of kids admit to having a, an imaginary friend, or their parents admit to seeing them like interact with what they would consider an imaginary friend at some point in their childhood. It's something like I want to say it was like over sixty percent. Uh, at one point, parents identify them as having an imaginary friend. Um, but they say that kids who have imaginary friends, and I'm using that term really loosely right now because I feel like it's like inventiveness of, you know, human interaction yeah. or story. Um, sometimes those kids actually have worse social uh, skills, mm-hmm. not throughout their, the entirety of their lives, but they have worse social skills earlier in life. And I wonder sometimes if that's like kids who are inherently having a hard time with social skills can get social interaction out of an invented person, but because it's invented, it's easy because it's theirs. They can control yeah. it. They, you know, so they, they are practicing, but they're doing it in a way where like, oh, it's hard with kids at the playground, but if I go play with my imaginary friend on the swing set, this isn't hard at all. This is just pure fun because yeah. there's no threat here. So... I think, yeah, my my take on a lot of this is it's like, it's the inventiveness, it's the language, it's the lack of filter, it is the imaginary friend psychology stuff, and then and, there's... And also, sometimes you used to be a, a prince who blew up. Who, who, oops, 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 all explosions. Can we end on a robot grandma note? Uh, yeah, we, should we, yeah, let's do it. My six-year-old came home from school one day, bursting through the door with tears streaming down her face. Uh-oh. I miss my other family, she said. What other family, I asked, thinking she may have been talking about her grandparents or other friends or relatives. My alien robot family, she explained, Mm. continuing to say that she lived with them in the sky before she came into my tummy. She chose to come down because she was angry with them and chose our family, but now she missed them and wanted to go back. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Fuck you, Mom. I'm going to go live with robot space grandma. I, I like inventing. I'm six. I like inventing the other places you should be as a small child. <laughs> Man, this place sucks. Let me leave. My Australian family would never treat me like this. I'm going back to the lizards. The lizards. All right, y'all. Um, a couple quick reminders. Uh, the paid episode comes out at the end of the week, every week, uh, only five bucks a month, and you get four additional episodes plus access to the 70 episode back catalog. Plus that's whatever a, dumb shit we decide to do yeah. whenever we decide to do it if you want to give us 10 bucks. Yep, that's at patreon.com slash whatifpodcast. If you want to leave us a voicemail at 612-246-4614. Emails are high at whatifpodcast.com. We're going to add a $50 tier to Patreon uh, <laughs> where you can, if you just want me to yell something at Cardi B from like 300 yards away, Yes, you can leave that in there. Cardi B is 50 bucks. Alicia Keys is 75. Let's do a $50,000 tier where you'll like paint something on your body and streak the Grammys. Go soy bomb on it. (laughs) (laughs) Golden Palace Casino or whatever the fuck ever. Oh, shit. All right. Love you guys. Um, We out of here. We'll see you next week. As always, we love you. Bye bye.